0: Well, good evening, TJ Cosgrove. How are you? And before you answer that, I can report that there are Blue Mountains in Cyprus.
1: That's good to know. We did have a little bit of troubleshooting before the episode started for all those listening at home uh, with um, the new Apple iOS 13 uh, Catalina steam train. It works so good. Everything crashes.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, this honestly really does feel like it's held together with sort of sellotape and, and string, there. Eh?
1: Goodwill. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. It's very bizarre. Um, so I had the, the joy of recording my little test. I record a test before, before you call just to make sure everything's working. And it sounded a bit like Brian Blessed. No. So sort of, sort of roaring at the microphones. So I, as I currently speak, I'm watching the levels like a hawk and sitting back from the microphone um, <laughs> lest lest yeah. I do somebody some permanent oral damage um or aural damage if you want to emphasize the the vowels head very bizarre anyway mm. Let us persevere and see where we get to
1: persever indeed how have you been I've been good I've been busy and good uh which are not always synonymous, but they are this week. Um, yeah, just trucking on towards Christmas. I sort of booked all my leave and I realised I had some left over. And so we are recording on the 20th of November. This will not come out on the 20th of November, but um, I am finished for Christmas on the 12th of December.
0: Wow, that is a good
1: chunk of leave, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So I'm finished on the 12th, back on the 2nd. So that's a good three weeks, basically.
0: Cool. By American standards, that's like leaving a job and starting another one.
1: Pr- pretty much, yeah. Um, I think I used six or seven annual leave days to do that. I had some left over. So it wasn't even a, a lot to do that. Um, ours are quite generous. So, yeah, it's it's looking good. I've got a lot of things to finish off, a lot of things to polish off before uh, the big Christmas time celebration, festivious. Uh, but... I am confident that I can get them done. I'm looking forward to some time to read, some time to watch films, some time to chat to yourself, and just just relax a wee bit more, you know?
0: Yeah, fantastic. It all sounds very, very civilised. So what are you writing with and on?
1: So I'm using a pencil that I've used several times before. It's the Bicmatic. It's a little cheapo plastic uh, clicky pencil, which is good fun. Uh, they're cheap and cheerful, but they work quite nicely. Uh, but I am using an exciting new notebook. It's the DDC Old Red, which is, I think, the uh-huh. first one that Aaron Draplin made with field notes on it. And so it's this really deep cherry red color. Uh, it's got big DDC at the top. It's the first one that uses like, like the field notes Futura. So it's quite iconic looking. Um, and it's just a little plain... Uh, Sort of pocket notebook sized. So it doesn't have any of the normal gubbins that a field notes would have. It doesn't have like the the stuff on the inside covers. It doesn't have any of the fancy stuff. It's just, you know, back to basics and it's really, really nice. And I haven't used a blank, plain notebook in a long time. Um, I'm not sure I would pick it every time, but it is nice as a, you know, diversion from the norm.
0: Yeah, it's from the the heritage set or the vintage set or whatever it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, i'm uh i'm in a field now as well i've just uh cracked open the autumn uh, trilogy so i'm in the the bright orange one which is sweet maple i think
1: um sounds tasty
0: and yeah it's re- it's actually the first time i've sort of been playing with one of these Th- these were the ones that sort of blew the shop up we were selling them so fast um and, uh, yeah, I can see why they went there. They're, they're lovely. Very Are nice. Are these
1: the leaf debossed or embossed ones? Embossed?
0: That's the ones, yeah. They're debossed and embossed. No, um, both
1: bossed. Bossed to the max.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've got the, the leaf. The leaf goes in and the field notes stands out.
1: Oh, very good.
0: So make of that what you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's oh, it's really nice. Classic field notes. It's It's been... I think for them, it's been an incredible year. Um, yeah. I think of, of the four they've released this year, we'll get to the fourth in a minute, but the, the first one was, I don't know, it was a fairly mixed reaction to mile marker. Some people really liked it, uh, and some people really didn't. Um, but since then, it's just got better and better and better. Mm, right. Uh I am writing uh what am I writing oh yes, oh that's exciting. It's a proper proper changeover day today. Uh my uh Jackie Robinson Blackwing finally 42s. got finished. And so hit the stub jar and I'm now uh I'm now with the sixteen point two, the Ada Lovelace. Ah, oh, very good. Uh which is ah, it's, a, it's a nice pencil. Uh Field Notes and Blackwing. That uh, they do go well t- very well together, I think. Mm-hmm. Ah, right. What's next? Watching. What are you watching?
1: I need to check my show notes because I've forgotten. Ah, I heavens. have watched a couple of films. Uh, I haven't been to the cinema this month at all, which is shocking given that I have a membership to the cinema. Um, but I did watch a couple of films on the normal tiny TV in my house. Tiny being 55 inch or something, but the the pathetically small TV by cinema standards. Uh, so I saw Last Action Hero, which is a, an Arnold special. yeah it's got some
0: great lines in it I seem to
1: remember yeah and all of them escape me right now rubber bobber baby bumper or something that's one of them Um, yeah uh, the
0: the one that always I always remember is when somebody asks his name and he says Schwarzenegger and he then replies (laughs) Gesundheit
1: yeah that that was one of my favourites oddly prescient that film there's a lot of things in there he's talking like the governor and then he became the governor and Lots of interesting little tidbits as a, a 90s film and now watching it in the, the 2020s, essentially. Um, so it was good fun and it was a little bit of a throwback. And then I watched a more recent film, which is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, which is a sort of, uh, I wouldn't say spiritual successor, it is just a successor, but it it is a long-awaited sequel or long-delayed sequel, I suppose, to the original Jumanji with uh, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I think there's another one out, another another new one, so a secondary sequel to the sequel, a trequel, I don't know how you call that, but it's, <laughs> it was good, it was fun, it was Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart and Karen Gillan and Jack Black, that's the last one, so it's a pretty good cast, fun people, uh, for sure, a, it's a bit of crack, it's nothing, you know, it's not cinematic masterpiece or anything, but it's good fun and, it, you know, we put the time in, we enjoyed it.
0: I say passes a couple of hours with no uh, no major problems what about you uh very little actually um it's uh, whenever we get to this bit, I sort of look back at my week and think well, where did it all go um <laughs> you know I've got Netflix and seven thousand channels of stuff and uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of it. I watched um a bit of sport because. Uh, brave, brave Scotland were, were taking on all of the giants of international football. Uh, they had a game against, um, San Marino, which, uh, I think is probably essentially four plumbers, two milkman, uh, a carpenter and, and four, four guys they met at the pub. Um, uh, and they beat them and I think they beat them quite well. They beat them six nil. was very exciting. Uh, and then they were playing Cyprus, which was, uh, well, I mean, they were playing here in Nicosia. There were lots of uh, kilt-wearing Scotsmen around the place. <laughs>
1: it's um, a bit of a trek.
0: Yeah, well, I think about three thousand made made the trip. Um, Jeez. Uh, but the Tartan Army is is sort of famed for for doing that sort of thing, and they're generally speaking very, very sort of good-humoured, uh, mostly drunk, but good-humoured uh fans and yeah they sort of squeezed past that footballing powerhouse that is Cyprus um <laughs> <laughs> two one and uh, the Cypriots had what struck me as a, a non footballing person as a perfectly legitimate goal uh which wasn't given so mm, yes there we are. Uh I, I'm told that Scottish football is not in a good place. Uh, and certainly watching it, it did remind me a little bit of, um, the football that I used to watch at school. Um, I, my classmates, rather than highly paid professional international footballers, but there you go. Um, uh, bits of golf I've been watching, uh, I sort of watched the climax of a couple of golf tournaments as my want. And, uh, oh, and politics, which, uh, well, at the time of recording, once again, uh, may you live in interesting times? We mm-hmm. certainly do, don't we? Um this, yeah. uh, today the impeachment stuff seemed to be seemed to be going upper level. Um and just was it yesterday or the day before there was the leaders' debate in in the UK. So uh, Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party, uh debating against Boris Johnson, the current Prime Minister and leader of the Conservative Party um and uh, everybody agreed that nobody made any major screw-ups uh, there we are that's that's the level we have reached mm. <sighs> anyway that was enough of that so yes TV yeah I, I, you can see why I don't
1: watch much of who uh, it who needs it little nonsense
0: quite <laughs> uh what about listening your listening show note looks uh, looks short
1: yeah I realized and this is somewhat. I wouldn't say it was as deliberate or non-deliberate, but I realized that I'd done it when I got home. I put on my headphones, as is my want in the mornings, and on my way home, and played nothing, and just used the noise cancelling as kind of earmuffs, because it's cold. I mean, it's nice in your ears to have to have headphones or something on your ears, but I didn't play anything deliberately, didn't put on a podcast, didn't put on a new audiobook, um, nothing, and that was Okay. And normally I'd want to have some sort of content to distract me, but I was doing a little bit of reading, like physical eye reading on the train. Mm. Um, so it was good to just have less noise. And then you take them off, you know, if you someone taps you on the shoulder and asks something or you happen to take them off for some reason and you realize just how loud the train is and how many, you know, it's, it's almost obnoxious, the noise and the, the noise levels of the things that you're yeah. surrounded by. Um, so I realized on the way in and on the way home, I had headphones on, and nothing playing somewhat deliberately,
0: wow, well uh, there we go, listening to the sound of silence <laughs> um, what have I been listening well i um as something about the 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 mix of podcasts that I have at the moment is I think a lot of them get released um around the weekend, mm-hmm. which is the time that I get to listen to the least amount of podcasts. So Monday, Tuesday, I find myself with that sort of, you know, avalanche of, um, episodes in, in my podcast catcher, which is overcast usually. Um, so Monday and Tuesday, I listen to loads and loads and, um, I wanted to actually shout them out because I, I don't think I do that enough. So sort of in the analog world, I've been listening to the page one podcast. Uh, those are the guys that are behind the notebook of the same name, the page one.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which is a, a notebook for writers. Uh, and they are two Scots and they interview authors. And, ah. uh, um, the, the thing that sort of really strikes me is the access they get. I mean, these are people I've heard of rather than, um, you know, a, an aspiring author talking to another aspiring author that he's met on Twitter and, you know, neither of them have ever published anything. Yeah. Their the last guest was uh, Andy McNabb, the ex-SAS soldier who wrote um, Bravo Two Zero.
1: I was going to say, there's and a certain point where he stops being an SA- ex-SAS and just becomes author because he's done more authoring than SASing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he, he has, I mean, he's written children's books, um, yeah. as well as sort of SASing books and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> a very, very interesting guy. Great interview. Uh, it's, it's a really good podcast. I recommend that uh, anybody interested in writing awesome. listen to that. Uh, fountain pen companion and, uh, obviously a little bit outside of your wheelhouse. Um, that's, uh, Urban, uh, who you would know from our Slack group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, and a few other folk. Um, the, uh, two guys, zero planner, that's urban again. Honestly, he gets about that boy. Uh, and then of course, pen addict, erasables, RSVP, take note. Yeah. Uh, you know, you full sort of dose. Yeah. Of, of analog. Uh, and it's NaNoWriMo. Uh, so, you know, when you try and write 50,000 words in, in the month and a couple of the guys from erasable are doing that. Um, Tim and Johnny. And the guys from Take Note are doing it. So they did a little crossover episode.
1: Ah, oh, very good. Because yeah, Andy's just finished Which, a bunch of writing and doesn't want to do any more, I think. At least for a short yeah. time.
0: Yeah, Andy is, is sort of being the, uh, I suppose, chief cheerleader. <laughs> just going, yay, go everybody. No, I'm not doing it. Um, I've done
1: my bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to be somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, that was a bit spooky because then uh, they both released the episode. So I thought, you know, I was getting some sort of weird, whatever the the audio version of deja vu was <laughs> there's um, been
1: a horrible mishap in the time to space continuum here and the episodes crossed over
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so that was a little bit confusing for a second uh, and then the final thing that i was listening to uh, and i've put i've put something in the show notes um this morning i was sitting here uh well listening to a podcast doing a bit of work and an f-35 came in low um uh, presumably it's part of an excise. Uh, it was a Royal Air Force one, uh, and we live quite adjacent to a Royal Air Force base at Akrotiri. Um, now, if you've never heard uh, an F-35 up close, trust me when I tell you, it is it is something you will not forget in a hurry. These things are enormously loud. Uh To the extent the dog looked at me as if to go, what the hell was that? <laughs> Um, I don't think she'd ever experienced anything because it's, you know, literally Windows rattle type volume. And I put a link in there.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, that's a proper Top Gun. That's a, I can hear Kenny Loggins in the background. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And um, yeah. if you look at the, that, that fighter aircraft is a boy's own fight. That's what a 10 year old would, would draw. If you ask them to draw a futuristic fighter plane, that's what they'd come up with.
1: That's amazing. I, For some reason in my head, I thought like Spitfire a bit more modern, but no, no, no. It's it's one of the, the fancy jets, one of the new ones.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, I, I can imagine that you know, you're standing in the middle of the desert with your your little automatic rifle planning world domination. Uh, and one of those appears over the horizon. Uh, I think you'd be going, ah. Perhaps I'm not on the right side of this. Actually, lads,
1: um, no, I've had to think about it. And I'm actually just going to just going to call it today. Yeah, no, no worries. Yeah,
0: yeah. On reflection, let's go to the pub. Nah.
1: Um,
0: so yeah, that was that was my listening, um, and I have to say, I I do I do like a good fighter plane. Uh, so that that made my day. Uh, what about reading? You be reading anything? You did say you were reading something with the eyes. I
1: did. I actually finished Fall. Uh, or Dodge in Hell, which is Neil Stevenson's epic 40 r book or whatever it was. Um, so I finally got to the end of that, which was really good. One of those ones where I'm glad to be finished it, but I also really enjoyed it, so I'm kind of sad that it's over. Um, really good book, really interesting. Um, I think I've liked others that he's done more. This one felt like it sort of ambled in the middle a little bit. That was kind of the, the reviews kind of said, the start is good, the end is okay, the middle is where he kind of like... Wobbles a bit. I enjoyed it, but I can see what they're talking about. Uh, So I finished that on the train uh, in audio format the other day. And then I had my Kindle, my little like six, seven year old Kindle kicking about in my bag. And I thought, you know what? I'll I'll pick this out and read. And I'd forgotten that on your and Andy Wellfley's suggestion, I had bought All the Birds in the Sky. I think Mm it's Charlie Jane Anders. Yep. So I bought the book. And when I fired up the Kindle, it was there. And I thought, well, Two people I like and respect have recommended this. I might as well read the first page and see what happens. Um, So I fired it up. And the the first thing was a quote about, um, I think it was James Dyson. um, Or George Dyson. Someone Dyson. Anyway, there was a quote in it that I went, ooh, I like that. And then I started reading. And I started giggling. And I started reading more. And just the prose is written in such a way that I, I love the style that the author has taken. I love the way the story and the narrative is crafted. There's always these little throwaway lines that that turn up later on as as plot points. Um mm-hmm. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so I'm about according to my Kindle about 10 or 12% of the way through it just from this morning. Okay. Um but yeah, loved it. Loved it all the way. Um and it was really nice to just read again. So the the silence on the headphones paired with the Kindle in uh, in the hands was a nice combo for the train and um it is weird because you're one of the few people that's not looking at a lit up screen. You know, everybody on the train sits looking down at their their phone and scrolling and scrubbing and tapping, whereas I was mm-hmm. kind of quite happily looking at my my Kindle, which is a nice, pleasant change. So I'm looking forward to reading yeah, it again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, it's a fun little book, actually, isn't it? I, well, sorry, you're, you're ten twelve percent. I think I think you'll enjoy the rest of it. Mm uh okay so what about me am i reading anything oh well i finished um uh david Baldacci, the zero day as predicted um uh our hero saved the world
1: Ta-da! Uh, well done him
0: um everybody that uh that was helping him out uh, unfortunately didn't make it uh so yeah, it's sort of standard tried and tested way he's he's just got that sort of Amazing armor. ability to survive where everybody else dies. Um, and I've now learned that it's the first, uh, in a series about this guy. So, uh, me being me, I'm, I'm invested in the character now. So I will probably find out, um, who he's going to go and save next or how he's yeah, going to save Yeah. The sequel us is,
1: all. is Blue Moon. <laughs> yeah. And then there's some other Jack yeah. Reacher books that follow up from there.
0: Uh, yeah, where well, he's had, he's had a name change. John Puller has become Jack Reacher. Uh, <laughs> I mean, e- even the names are similar, aren't they? I was John say. and Jack.
1: Puller and Reacher. Strong male name and then surname. Just, just something uh, easily sayable. Good. Done. Well,
0: it's, it's an action, isn't it? It's a Reacher or a Puller. Uh, the next one will probably be a Pusher
1: or a Jumper. I'm going to write my new series of books with Johnny Fighter, Johnny Puncher. Yep. That's it. That's it.
0: Uh, Johnny Belton. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I finished that, uh, and yeah, we're being slightly mocking, but you know it's 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 well written stuff, it's fine, uh, and letters from a Stoic, which yeah, very well written, but obviously a little bit drier yeah uh so still still going through that, and I'm not quite sure where I'm going next. that will be uh, a decision for tomorrow, I suspect um and then I'm not listening to any audiobooks at the moment, but I'm sure that will change too because I know I'm gonna listen to Bill Bryson next.
1: Mm. Um,
0: and i i just put into the show note that i am drinking uh i'm actually drinking something that looks exactly like the emoji that you've put in to the show <laughs> note. yeah uh if you if you could just add a cube of ice to that it would be perfect so i'm drinking a cypriot brandy uh over ice here uh, no not Kia. um vo31 that's what i'm drinking what about you what are you drinking
1: I picked up some new espresso ca- capsules, cartridges, little plastic tubs from Lidl, which is a I think a German supermarket. Mm-hmm. It's a European supermarket that we have over here, similar to Aldi, similar to all those kind of things. Um, and there's a good big one not too far from us. And so I went in and they happened to have espresso compatible pods. And I thought, you know what? Give this a go. So I got the Espresso Lungo variety, which is just a black coffee. But it's actually very, very tasty. It's, it's actually nicer than some of the other ones I've tried. And it's very cheap. And it's very local. Well, it's it's local to my house. It's not necessarily local to Northern Ireland. But um, there isn't an awful lot of coffee that is. So, sue me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's nice uh, to have a nice coffee in the mornings, Especially when I'm drinking them uh, without milk. So, I'm trying to temper that again. I'm doing a little bit more fasting. A little bit of all the healthy, healthy stuff. Now that we're on the like five and a bit months less than five-month countdown to the wedding, so I'm trying to to be
0: Mm. good. Well done, yeah. I think uh, everything that you're not eating or drinking, I am. (laughs) It's, uh, again, we've got some sort of zero-sum game going on. Um, What about uh, buying? Are you buying anything?
1: I ended up hiring that plumber we talked about, but not for the thing we originally talked about. Uh Uh-huh. So came and looked at the bathroom and that was fine he gave us he said look it's fine for now you're grand you don't need to i know you're saving for your wedding because i gave i spoke to him he said yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're fine for now i don't see anything that's too troubling i would get it sorted but you can wait until the new year you'd be grand uh in the new year if you want to do this this and this here's a couple of different options that's kind of the ballpark of what we're talking but you know you you do what you need to do and you can come back to me when you need it perfect thank you so much um And he didn't charge anything for that, which was very nice. He came out and had a wee look and he gave his best estimate as to what what we needed and what we could do. Uh, And then went and Mm -hmm. went, that was good. Um, Cool. And then about uh, less than a week later, um, I noticed the, the temperature in the house, if you put it on a graph, was going down and not up. And I was like, hmm, I know it's getting colder, but. I'm definitely... like The heating is on a schedule. We have a smart thermostat. It's on a schedule. It's not changing. So this temperature differential shouldn't be there. Um, uh, And then I turned the heating on boost and thought, right, I'll boost it for an hour and see what happens. And nothing happened. At all. And I thought, hmm, typically something happens. The fact that nothing's happening is a point for concern. (laughs) So I went and looked at the boiler. Me being me, I am... not well-versed in the inner machinations of boilers, uh, oil-fired, gas-fired or otherwise. So I took one look at it and went, hmm, yeah, it's not on. And there's a big flashing red light. And I thought, I'll stick that, give that a go and see what happens, pressed it, and it made a noise like something was dying, which is good. Oh. Um, And I thought, hmm, okay. And it kept making that noise for a bit and then sort of settled into some sort of chunky rhythm, which was not how it was working before. But the radiators got a little warmer and it seemed to be heating up. I was like, okay, that's not good, but it's still working-ish. So I thought, right, okay, something's not right. Uh, Left it a wee bit, came back, it had clunked off again. I thought, oh, okay, right. Tried the old trick with the red button. Nope, nada, zip. So uh, at that stage, it was what we would like to call titty bread, dead. Uh, So I turned it off. Like, off, off, not just, like, I'm not turning it on again. Um, which mm-hmm. meant that we had no heating for three days. Ooh. Uh, three days when the temperature outside reached minus four here in Northern Ireland. Ouch. Good timing. Which, yeah, perfect timing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so the house temperature, like, the house didn't get that cold. Don't, we're, you know, we weren't in danger of dying frostbite or anything, but uh, the house got down to about... Just just on the cusp of, of double digits. So we were about 10 degrees at one stage, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's a brisk day outside. It's very cold inside. The The context matters. And so we had three for days sure. of that with a um, little halogen heater and lots of blankets and hoodies inside and things. Uh, and so I, I, I rang the plumber and said, hello, uh, now that you so nicely you sort of estimated what we were doing for this other thing, uh, another catastrophe has happened. Could you please come out and see this? Uh, and he did. And he came out and had a look and he fitted a new burner unit on the front of the boiler. So there's like a little, it's a pump and an air pump and all kinds of gubbins that I don't really understand too well. Uh, but he, he swapped it out for another one. He said, right, that should get you going for now. And I'll take this one away and we can fix it. And we can talk about that afterwards. Um, so he did that and it sort of started working again to a degree. And then we, we bled the, the radiators a bit to get the pressure down and everything seems to kick back. So the radiators are nice and hot everything's working the heating is back and fixed now but um i need to uh speak to him because he was interesting thing that i've never seen before and this is perhaps because I haven't dealt with plumbers or tradesmen very often but um he sort of fixed the issue and installed this thing it was about uh, half an hour there some 45 minutes fixing things uh, and he started packing up and he went to leave and i went oh well what what's the damage went, oh no no i don't take payment it's like um, okay when do you take payment He's like oh no no i leave it a week I don't take anything for a week to make sure that it's not gonna fall apart tomorrow on you. Is oh wow! One?
0: Well, that's cool.
1: That's I've never heard of that before. Maybe that's a common thing. Maybe it's not a common thing. But either way, it's not some, something that I'd experienced before. And so I said, okay, perfect. Uh, let's let's chat in a week. Um, so I called in with him a couple of days ago just to ch- sort of check in with the, the heating situation. And I think I'll probably meet him tomorrow or or Friday. Or I'll call by again. I'll, I'll pay him whatever. He's due because he's, he's he's fixed the issue. It's all great. But just a very positive experience with, I have a problem. This thing is not working and it's somewhat integral to us not dying. Uh, would you be able to fix it? And he did quite quickly and amicably. So it's, it was a very pleasant experience for having never hired any kind of trades person to do something. It was very good to to have this as a first go. Yeah, well, as long as you don't believe that it's always going to be like that, you, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, false sense of security. You now I'm like, ah, yes, and I'll pay you in a week. Ah, no, mate. No, that's not how it works, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pay me an hour. I'm turning it off. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it with me. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a fun experience. You, you forget. And I mean, we're, we're Northern Ireland. Like, we're not freezing, freezing all the time. Don't get me wrong, but it's, very easy to take for granted the fact that you have heating and, uh, you know, warm house and all these, you know, internet, all these things that you have readily accessible that are piped into your homes from various places. And not having it for three days was like, oof, wow, okay. Yeah, it's good to have this. It's nice to have it. Let's appreciate it. Mm, for sure. Uh, well, I haven't uh,
0: been doing anything quite as dramatic as that. We uh, <laughs> um, the The fence got partially built. The fence Break's that was touched upon. Um, mm-hmm. but there'd been some miscalculation on, on planks of wood. So more planks of wood have, have been sourced and are going to be fitted, I think, at the weekend. Um, not that I'll know because I'll be back to playing golf or something, probably. Um, ah, uh, what, oh yeah, I did touch on the Schoen design pens. They, they've arrived at uh, HQ and they are stunning. Um, if, if you get a sec, have a look at the, the, the website and, and look up Schoen Design. Um, because some I'll of pictures are pretty for folks. it's, ah, oh, he has built some very, very, very pretty bands. Um, and yeah, tomorrow, uh, I, well, I actually paid, I think yesterday, but tomorrow I take delivery of my old man ticket, which, um, uh, again, this is a bit of a tangent for people that don't golf, but I'm an old fashioned golfer. So I put all my clubs into a bag and then put the bag on my back and then walk around the place with them, uh, which very few people do anymore. And typically only younger people do, uh, and my back has over the last week or so been going, hmm, might be mm. time for you to stop doing this. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I have purchased an electric trolley, um, uh, which to me feels like a a sort of, oh, age
1: is creeping up upon me. And everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody else is going, well, it's about time you muppet. Um, I mean, you must be pushing 35 at this stage, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So um, (laughs) uh, I'm rather looking forward to that because at the end of the day, it is a shiny new gadget. uh, Yeah. And it's it's got a big lithium battery. um, I've got, me being me i've got a matching bag that will go with it and there'll be a lot of you know oh do i put this club here or that club there or um <laughs> it's the sort of rabbit hole that you or i will willingly throw ourselves down going oh yep is the optimum Eight balls or nine balls. Oh. Uh,
1: um. I don't know anything about golf trolleys. Does this follow you? Or is this just like you turn it on, it drives and it just kind of assisted movement?
0: You can, you can get electron, uh, sort of, uh, remote control ones. But no, this mm. isn't anything quite as swish as that. Um, it has nine speeds. It has. On a um, trolley? Yeah. From what? From what uh, to
1: what? <laughs>
0: um, from one to nine. I don't know what they actually equate to. Um, <laughs> How do you divide
1: three it, like I'm uh, sorry, I'm I'm doing the you walk at about three and a half miles like a brisk walk is four miles an hour. So if yeah, you divide four march. by nine, what is the what is the subdivision of miles per hour that it's doing?
0: Well, there, there may be an element of the kilometer in here. Um it'd mm. be one thing I might suggest. Um but I suspect it was just how it was easy for the dial to work. Um oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, you have those nine speeds, and you also have uh, a function where you can say, um, my good man, roll on for, uh, I think it's 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, or 60 yards. Uh, that probably involves manipulating a button, doing something intelligent. Yeah. And as far as I know, all of my friends that have electronic trolleys, none of them do that. Um, because, <laughs> well, why would you? You just keep the thing with you, and then you go with it to wherever you're going. It's all fairly straightforward.
1: See, if you match um, the speed perfectly, if you pick the right number out of nine, you could just let it run in infinitely, and it'll always catch up eventually. You know, you'll 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 take a shot and walk on a little bit, and then it'll arrive shortly. And you can pull a club out of it as it seals past. And then, yeah,
0: that, <laughs> that, that rather requires you to hit it in a straight line, which, um, you're, you're demonstrating <laughs> your lack of experience on a golf course. Uh, much though I'd like it to go in a straight line, it, it frequently doesn't. Mm. Um, so yes, that'll be my, my purchase. I mean, they're devastatingly expensive. Um, when you consider what they are, I will have parted with, um, for a bag and a trolley, about 700 euros.
1: Oof. That's a, that's uh, an expensive remote control car.
0: Well, you know, I'm going at, I'm going in at the, at the lower end of the market. There are people that spend like three and a half, four thousand on, on these things.
1: That's and, just uh, a, it's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point, you're just hiring a person to carry your clothes. Just, it's just a caddy. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, indeed. Um, but uh yeah so pff, that's me that's me by mm-hmm. parish notices uh you've got one in the here that i'm baffled oh no i was baffled it's i the penny's now dropped yeah so uh what are your parish notices dj
1: so this is something that i don't think we've ever discussed on the show but um i kept getting Claire's name wrong i kept dropping an i into her name where it did not belong uh, Claire mm-hmm. of of nearest notes fame the the fancy package constructor, the the person that makes all the wonderful deliveries possible, um, and every time I messaged you, I'd, I'd put an "i" in by instinct, in her name, and you, you, yep. no, it's it, there's no "i," it's C L A R E, and you're quite stern because I'd done it three or four times at this stage, and it stuck with me as a don't do that. You hit it when people get your name wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> I emailed someone at work, uh, who is called Claire, uh, now place I work, lots of people in it, I emailed this person. Uh, It turned out that Claire without an eye and Claire with an eye, both on the email directory list. Oh. So, no, no no trouble. It was just one of those ones, I think it happens all the time. But uh, I got an email back going, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, this is what we're talking about. Oh, by the way, uh, the correct email address for Claire is this. And I went, ooh, I've done it again. I've put an eye where it doesn't belong. I'm a serial eyedropper. Oh,
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing when you when you write uh, serial eyedropper to uh, a fountain pen user.
1: Oh, okay. um I,
0: I I was immediately thinking, oh, he's, he's got an eyedropper. Oh, <laughs> what's he doing with that? Because yeah, that's you know an, an ink pen that doesn't have a converter in it. It just has a sort of reservoir. Yeah, that you could that you then fill with an eyedropper. So you take liquid ink and. So I was thinking, TJ's become some sort of fountain pen aficionado no. on the quiet.
1: Oh. Even but, the no, idea just... of doing that is more pain than I would prefer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, inky uh, fingers. Where inky would we be and inky dropped fingers? dropped eyes. So, uh, Claire's of the world, uh, minus eyes. I'm so sorry. I apologize.
0: <laughs> and then your next parish notice uh, looks, well, that looks a lot of fun.
1: Hmm. So... We're going to Prague next month. I'm very excited. I wow. forget Can what. Can we know pe- look out? Exactly. I'm going to spend so much money on pencils I already own. Um, we're going to Prague. It's basically a month from today, so we're recording on the 20th. It's in and around the 18th or 19th. I think we're going. I can't remember the dates in the calendar, uh, but we've been to Prague twice before. It's probably my favorite place in Europe. I love it to bits. I haven't been in maybe two or three years. I can't wait to go back. We've only ever gone in summertime, so this is gonna be first time in winter. Uh so it'll be you know, Christmas markets and beer and the, all that stuff. Uh so mm-hmm. we're there for three or four days and very, very excited.
0: Uh well uh take all of your clothes. Um, uh yes. I I've I've been in Prague when it touched minus forty centigrade.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, pardon? Exactly. Gets, I, oh, okay. I was not cold. expecting that's I didn't know they went down. Di- I don't have a thermometer that will do that. Like I thought maybe minus ten would be like, oh geez yeah, but, get your gloves on, this'll be chilly. No, minus yeah, forty, but, I'll I mean, die. That, I will just die.
0: <laughs> well this this was the uh this is where I discovered weather and how weather works. <laughs> because um at as you say, about minus five, minus six you're just really, really cold. You, yeah. You don't want to be outside. You, If you are outside, you're certainly not going to take a glove off or a hat or any of that stuff. Um, and you reach that absolute level, I am freezing. Whether it be minus 10, minus 15, minus 20, you're still freezing. <laughs> <laughs> You've lost sensitivity now to, to temperature. It's just too cold. That's it. Um, oh, okay. But... There was one winter that was a particularly bad one and all of the pubs, um, have, so you have the sort of main door to the pub and that just allows you into a little vestibule. Uh, and then you have to sort of pull a, pull uh, aside a curtain that weighs about 30 pounds. Cause it's just this big, massive, heavy blanket to stop the cold air coming into the pub when you open the door. Um, and then you go behind the curtain and suddenly there's, you know, um, I used to frequent Irish pubs a lot. So there's suddenly traditional music, <laughs> roaring fire and, and Guinness. <laughs> swearing. To, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the occasional outburst of song. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fabulous. Uh, I, I much prefer Prague in the winter to, to Prague in the summer, but, uh, yeah, whew,
1: it's been cold. Brr. Minus 40. I'm, I'm a feared. Yeah. I'm a feared now. Well, I, um, I, I suspect you're not them. going to be getting that. No. Yeah, you're not
0: going to be getting that in December. That's more of a sort of January thing. And I, like I say, that was exceptional. I believe that was <laughs> ninety. I'm going to say ninety three, ninety four, something. Like
1: that. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's a wee while back. We'll see. Global warming, all that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You'll probably be wearing uh, swimming shorts and somebody
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm going to do some bits and pieces from Prague. I think I'm going to do a wee video when I'm there of just mm. some of the places that. I really enjoyed going to because they have this amazing culture of like, and you'll know more than I, you've you lived there, but um, like newspaper stands and, and stationery mm-hmm. is a big thing in a lot of places. And it's, there's a very yeah. analog feeling to a lot of different areas. Um, so I was able to go into stationery shop upon stationery shop. Megan got bored. And Megan has been with me for 10 years, so her capacity for boredom is high, but she got bored just going, surely this is the same shop as we've just been in. I'm like, no, 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 no. They have a slightly different variant of this Bohemia Works pencil. She's like, I don't care. Buy me a Trudolnik and go away.
0: <laughs> um, and have you got any plans for Wally there or anything specific you're doing or just going to chill out, hang out?
1: Yeah, I think that there's some bits of pieces we've seen before. So I want to go back to the Technical Museum, which is like the, the Transport Museum there. That was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then we we saw the Astrological Clock because it's in the square, but you can go mm-hmm. and do a tour of, there's like a big old library in behind there. Um, yep. And the, there's the tour of the tower and things like that, which we didn't do uh, either time we were there before. So I think we're going to do that. And so it's it's a little bit of like, we know the city a bit. Uh, we have some mm-hmm. great recommendations from people like yourself. Um, and also, we just love the atmosphere. So it's like, let's just go for a wander, have a pint and have dinner somewhere. Um, yeah. Maybe do something we know tomorrow. There's no big ambitions or goals. It's more like, let's get away for a couple of days and just enjoy the city.
0: Yeah. I mean, Old Town Square, where the um, the astrological clock we mentioned mm-hmm. is, um, all of that is a Christmas market. Um, and it is, you know, in the proper sort of German-esque tradition or uh, more properly, Central European traditions. There's a lot of um, glue wine, um, cinnamon on everything, <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin spice uh, something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it, yeah, lots of tats that you certainly don't need, but you will certainly buy. Um, and it, it is magical because um, you'll remember all the the churches around there are all sort of mm. Disney esque with the spires and everything um so yeah it's it's a lovely lovely part of the world particularly at uh, christmas time i'm sure you have a great time
1: i fear that it'll start a trend if we go once we'll be like well we can't not go christmas isn't the same without a market <laughs>
0: yeah, well, fortunately uh everybody's on that particular bandwagon so you can go to uh, all yes. sorts of places you'll be able to yeah, go to so the Belfast christmas Market. Yeah. <laughs> exactly there you are um Oh, lovely. I'm quite jealous of that now. Um, we're going away after Christmas. So you're mm-hmm. going just before, we're going just after. Um, and we're going for something, well, not quite as cultural, um, not quite as historic. We're going to a town that I think about 15 years ago didn't exist. Oh. Uh, it was just a bit of sort of rugged coastline and it's now sort of 25 golf courses, um, with a bunch of <laughs> hotels attached to it. Um, so yeah, we're off to Belek in Turkey.
1: B-E-L-L-E-C?
0: Uh, uh, no, it's B-E-L-E-K. Um, uh, just, just to play golf, really. There's a group of sort of, uh, 10 or 12 of us, I think. Um, I dare say there'll be some overdrinking going on as well. Um, But yeah, just a golfing trip away for an astonishingly low number. Um, I think for the two of us for a full week, seven, seven days, um, six nights, seven days, or seven nights, I can't remember. I think we're paying less than a thousand pounds for all inclusive. So that's, uh, uh, to use the American phrase, as many top. Uh, top level spirits as you want to drink. Um, it's, it's all the good stuff. Um, hot and cold running chambermaids, uh, just, yeah, swish, swish, swish. And apparently it's, uh, the service is amazing and mm-hmm. yeah, it all sounds very, very good. And it'll be, it's, I suppose it's almost an anti Christmas. Um, and yeah, we're going to some big shindig for the New Year's Eve thingy. We're at some gala uh, where fortunately one of our, one of our crew has got a load of t-shirts with, um, dinner jackets and bow ties printed onto them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I won't need to dress up, which is, uh, delightful for me. Um, uh, what else have I got for parish notices? Oh, I actually, we touched upon it before the, the field notes year, um, is there new pencils are out, new pencils, um, the new notebooks, the, uh, Group Eleven um you and i were were having a pun war on them earlier <laughs> um, they're copper silver gold uh very 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 on brand um very very on trend i think uh there seems to be a lot going on in the world of metallics uh and these look amazing. I haven't actually had one in hand yet, but we've got them in the u k uh, a scant two days after they were released, we've got a hold of them. So we're delighted. That's with good that. going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, they're starting, starting to fly off the shelves now. And so, uh, that's very exciting. That's, that'll kick our December off. Um, and that's about it really from me. Um, where are we now? I suppose we're at, at three pin plug time. I think so. <gasps> oh, right. Well, in uh, a change of our usual programming, <laughs> where can people find you, TJ?
1: People can find me on YouTube or Instagram primarily. Uh, So I make Wood and Graphite, which is a YouTube channel and associated Instagram account about pencils and paper and analog ephemera. It's everything we talk about and everything we don't. It's the kind of stuff that if you listen to us, you might enjoy. And it's presented in an audiovisual format for your enjoyment. So. If you like what we talk about, if you like what we discuss and the things that we use to write and and record our thoughts and feelings, then you might enjoy some of my videos. I'm working on one at the minute that is about journaling, which will hopefully, fingers crossed, be out on Friday, but I'm still working on the edit. Uh, But go and give it a watch. Go and give one of my videos a watch and see what you think. And if you enjoy it, share it with someone you like.
0: Very good. Um, Okay, well, I'm Stu Lennon, so you can find me in a couple of places. You can find me at NeurosNotes.co.uk, which is the UK's premier website for notebooks. Uh, We also dabble in pencils. Uh, We have the old pen. And as TJ once taught me, ephemera. So (laughs) uh, for all of your stationary needs, pop by. Uh, If we don't have what you want, drop me a message. Uh, If I can get it, I will. Uh, You can also find me at StuartLennon.com, which is where I write um, either little bits of nonsense or occasionally uh, some decent sense. It's a website uh, open to all. There are bits of it that are reserved for members, uh, and becoming a member is uh, hugely expensive. It costs you an entire £12 a year which I think translates to something like 16 or $17 a year, hardly an enormous amount of money. Um, but it uh, having members forces me to make sure that I'm regular and I keep writing. Uh, and also, members get access to everything that I publish, which at the moment is the sum total of zero. But that will change. I am editing the debut novel. Not as we mm. speak, because clearly that would be difficult. But I am... Actively working insulted. on it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> actively working on it for the first time in a while. So, um, very pleased about that. Uh, and the third pin of our plug is 1857, this very podcast. Um, it exists, uh, is hosted at a place called, uh, 1857.co.uk, uh, which, well, we have to pay for that hosting, which is obviously disappointing, but I suppose fair. Uh, we do offer, uh, people the opportunity to help with that if they so desire there's a little button there that says donate uh click it and then donate uh also if you go to nero's notes you can buy 1857 merch uh which oh, what have we got the we've got we've got a uh, radio cassette uh, well, we haven't really. We've got a USB, but it looks a bit like a radio cassette after the first series. Uh And we have some pencils and notebooks and uh, all the things you might expect to find. Right, that's enough
1: talking about that. What are we supposed to be talking about tonight, TJ? So as you'll probably have seen from the title of this episode, two is one and one is none, which is a, a little adage about Backups which I think is something you can do far better than I do, but it's something I've been thinking about specifically within the analog sphere. But I think there's relevant and helpful advice in there for both analog and digital, uh, pursuits.
0: For sure. Um, and it made me laugh when I saw this come through on the show notes, because I literally this week wrote an email to somebody, um, and I, in the show notes, I've described it as one of my cruelest lines. Uh, I had been looking at a business doing doing what I do, which is anti-money laundering consulting. So, um, look, making sure that the the business's policies and procedures were compliant with the law is essentially what I do. And while I'm in these businesses, which tend to be in segments that I've worked for a very long time, uh, inevitably I get sort of drawn into other discussions about other elements of the business that are not strictly speaking my remit, but you know i have some experience and one of the things i was asked about was was the it systems and i raised uh, a few points that i think anybody with any familiarity with with it systems would have raised one of which was you know three is two two is one one is none uh, the the very maxim that you quoted at me uh, around the question of backup and as all, as always happens in these, these cases, the sort of in-house IT team came back with, yeah, that sort of thing's easy to say. But actually what's important is that you have the right backup for the right situation. And we've got it. And the, uh, the, the MD came back to me with this answer saying, that's what my IT guy said. I'm going to quote verbatim what I wrote to him. I said, okay, <laughs> there is no perfect answer to this and it is certainly not a hill that I would die on. But I have more backups for my holiday snaps than you do for the data that runs your business. And I just left it at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's uh, he's not talking to me anymore, I don't think. Um, I know from experience, real, proper business experience, that uh, the vast majority of backups don't work. Now, I can't tell you that if that's statistically true or not. But what I can tell you is that the only reason my business survived was that my business partner, who wouldn't mind me saying it is entirely a Luddite, would insist. He'd say, okay, well, we'll have another backup. We'll have another backup. And I would say, look, we've got plenty of backups. And he would say, okay, show me. I said, well, what do you mean, show you? Show me. Show me all of the data. Well, "Well, you can't really do that. It all exists as ones and zeros. No, show me. Unless you can show me that this thing is actually a copy that you could actually use, then I don't believe it is. And guess what? turned out that the tape backup that we thought we were doing wasn't working. It was just corrupted nonsense. And that's, I think, the key to to backup, isn't it? Is that one, you never know that it's working unless you test it. Uh, And two, yeah. And two, um, you know, there will always be failures, just like there are failures on your main system. There are failures on your backup system. So you have to have more than one. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I I spelt out my digital system here, just for, for little old me with my little computer here. Um, I keep everything on a cloud service, so all of my documents are on Dropbox or iCloud. Um, oh, we could have a debate about that uh, for hours. Um, which means that effectively, my data uh, is on my machine here. It also backs up to the machine that I have in the UK that, that Claire uses. Um, and just here in my office, I have three uh ssd backups of various chain uh, uh types so i have time machine which is the mac sort of standard backup mm-hmm. i have a super duper clone of my hard disk which uh clones every day uh and i have a service called backblaze which uh everything that's on my computer or on a disk directly connected to my computer gets backed up um to their cloud service um, for a fixed price so the the thing about that is that you know if you 've got masses of data on on disk drives, um, you can still have it backed up, uh, which could be really expensive if you were paying by the gigabyte, but that 's not how that yeah. place works uh, and I verify them so every month, I download a backup or I restore a backup in rotation from each of the backups just to make sure that they actually work. Um, and to me, that's the only thing that works. Any other backup system doesn't work. Or what I've learned is I don't trust that it works. Yeah. Uh, and as I say, it saved our business once when, um, we, Believed everything was being backed up and we started testing that because my Luddite business partner was such a Luddite idiot. Um, it turned out he was completely right. Uh, and as a consequence, I still have now, um, backup drives. I probably shouldn't actually anymore because I sold the business, but I still have backup drives, um, that I, I guarantee you are perfectly intact. And even if one of them has decayed through age, because it'll be, I suppose five, five years ago now that we sold the business. Um, I guarantee you that one of them will work because I've got three of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just the way it works. But I noticed you wrote something that fascinated me. You said not just data. What does that mean?
1: Not just digital data, right? So one of the things that I've been thinking about is how to preserve notebooks and how to archive and, and index notebooks because oh, okay. I went to write something down and I thought I've written this before but where where have I written it because I've written it and I've written it in a pocket notebook but when and where couldn't tell you I've got a box of them I've got boxes of boxes of them and you know there's some great ideas in there there's some gems there's a load of rubbish as well but there's some nuggets there's some good stuff and I don't copy them out I use them as a, a sort of a holding bay for ideas and thoughts when I'm out and around um And if it's important and actionable, I'll put it into some other format, like it'll become a to-do or it'll become a project or it'll get sent to someone or whatever. But if it's just a little notion of like, hey, this would be fun, or what if I did this? Or, hmm, this is a good quote. It just exists on cellulose somewhere. And that's a resource that I'm not using because I'm just letting them languish in boxes. And they're all on acid-free paper written in pencil, so they'll languish for decades. But... I can't utilize them without physically scrolling through them. And now that mm-hmm. I'm doing a little bit of programming stuff, now that I'm doing a little bit more of the computer stuff, I'm going, hmm, there's definitely got to be a way that I can make this more accessible without just being like, well, the notebook's done. Now I've scanned it. I just bin the notebook and we're happy. Because then you get into the same problem of like, now you don't have a physical backup. And if your digital backup goes, then nothing exists. Uh, you know, the book is a good universal source of truth. It exists physically in that location. So as long as you don't have a house fire, it'll still exist in that location. Um, but yeah, it, it's just not very accessible when you've got a, a mountain of paper notebooks and you don't know where the thing you wrote down six years ago is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose where you're getting to is um, one of the the key benefits of bullet journaling for me is that to bullet journal requires you, uh, to review. So, uh, the sort of migration phase where you look at your tasks that you've noted for a day. Um, and there may be some to do's that are outstanding. I mean, let's face it, most of us finish with, <laughs> finish a day with some things. So, oh, I never got to that. Yeah. And you have to uh, either go, well, I never got to it because it's actually not that important and therefore I'll scratch it out. Or, uh, I never got to that and I need to get to it. Therefore you migrate it physically. You move it on to yeah. uh, either, either the next day's task or a sort of outstanding list or, you know, however you want to work it. And I suppose that that's the ideal with a notebook is at the end of a notebook, you should review it and go, okay, how many of these things that I noted were things that I was noting because the process was important. Uh, and how many of these things have actually, oh, this is a pearl of, of wisdom that I want to preserve in some way. Um, because that, th- the first part, you know, that sort of what I use notebooks for, which is processing more than, than output. I, I don't think there's much value in that for me, but as you say, occasionally there's something you think, Oh, that's a really good idea. And that needs to live in my really good ideas yeah. place, wherever that might be. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> my really a good ideas book, which is buried at the bottom of all these other books.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's when you need to say, okay, am I going to, am I going to digitize this or am I going to, yeah. uh, you know, preserve the, the physical and make a digital copy or, um, I personally, the, the concept of scanning pocket notebooks, um, I, I, just, I don't think I could do it. Um, <laughs> I would just, pff, I would lose interest so quickly. I do have, um, a document scanner. But it's one of those ones that, um, you, you, know, you can it, put right? in, th- yeah, you can put in 30 yeah, pages yeah. and it will, and um, I'm certainly not going to deconstruct all my notebooks and
1: then put them back together again. I, so I, I, I lack got me the good. Mandel dexterity. <laughs> you don't tell them apart. It's a destructive process. Um, I have seen them do it for old, old library books before. And mm-hmm. if you imagine a, a book sitting open, you know, like mm-hmm. open palms sitting up in front of you, they press down this little like perspex clear sheet and then mm-hmm. scan both pages to sort of mm-hmm. press out any of the imperfections. Um, I, I went to the length and I've written this and documented this in a notebook, which is hither to lost. Um, <coughs> about how I would build my own version of this, which would basically be you get the notebook and you put it in and it kind of just automates the process. So you have your notebook, you put it in one side and the conveyor belt goes, boop, there's a USB stick or There's some data files, whatever with that indexed, because there's all kinds of crazy stuff you can do with, you know, uh, handwriting recognition that you could mm-hmm. index yeah, it. on in the iPad, yeah. the iPad does it quite nicely with, um, you know, notes. If I get notes uh, and take a photo of them, it'll then index my handwriting. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's very straightforward and easy to do, but, not when you have seven or 80, 60 page notebooks to go through. That's a lot of photos. That's a lot of collating and curating and, and probably for about 10 words of wisdom at the other end. So, yeah, there's a technological solution to this, but I don't think anyone wants to implement it because it's a bunch of hassle.
0: Well, I, to me, the real, um, Sort of benefit of this type of thing is to, is the process of the review. So taking the book and saying, okay, I'm going to go through this now page by page and just see if there's anything that I want to carry forward, retain, mm. whatever phrase you want to use. Because I think that gives you a sort of closure to the book. <laughs> you go through yeah. it and you go, okay, that was all great and that was fine. And you know, if you got one thing. That you wanted to take forward. As you say, you write it in your notebook, the notebook of notebooks. Um, <laughs> or you put it into your, you know, to do list or task manager or, you know, one of these amazing yeah. funky, th- I put it into an Apple note, but that's another story.
1: Um, and then sync it to you where it never appears again.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just disappears into the ether. Um, but that process, I think is, is what works for me because it would help me um sort the wheat from the chaff. Whereas if I just replicated all the chaff I understand that I can then start using search algorithms and I can do, you know, a smart search for where I wrote the word great idea or something. But realistically I'm not sure that I would ever do that. Um yeah. cool. those are words that are gonna haunt me one day, I can tell. But um I, I'm quite I'm quite sort of Relaxed about, it. I mean, I've got the same sort of system as you. I've got my notebooks sitting in boxes of notebooks. And if there was a house fire or, you know, severe flood, then I would lose them. Um, and I'm sitting here at the moment thinking, do I need to, do I need to go through? I think I probably need to go through the, the, the years. I think I've been yeah. through 2018, but I need to go through 2019's books, uh, at the end of the year and just see if there's anything that I need to pull out. And, and for me, I would almost certainly put it into another notebook. Yeah. Slightly slightly self-defeating. But again, I think it's working it into my mind, into my subconscious, then going to retain that information because I've reviewed it and elected to sort of call it important.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because there are services. There's one called Indexed INDXD. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen it. No. Um, which is, it's not quite the same thing. It's not quite what we're talking about. It's a way of indexing pages so you, you add a notebook, you know, TJ's fancy red notebook, uh, January 2017, and then you go page by page and you write down what's on those pages. And then you get a little you know, document, a little listing of what is in that notebook that is then searchable, uh, which is, you still have to look through the physical notebooks. You got to go to the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the rack of index cards in the library and leaf through them to find the thing you're looking for. But at least you have a directory. It's not just like, I think it might've been green. Let me pull out the 50 notebooks that are green and have a rifle. Um, sure. So it's a stopgap measure or it's a partial solution. And, and and that's not to be disparaging to it. It definitely solves a problem, but I'm not sure if it solves my problem. Uh, and you're probably right. I just need to go through and find the salient information and either transcribe or photograph or whatever. But I think part of me wants to do that because it'll be useful. And part of me doesn't want to do it because I'll get to the end and go, Oh, turns out I was not interesting or helpful or relevant at all. So there was nothing in there. <laughs> I'm just crap.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's certainly books I could go through and go, mm, yep, nothing there I need. Um, but <laughs> I say, you know, I often make a note to work something out or um, yeah, you know, I'm supposed to occupy my hands while my brain is doing some thinking. I don't know. Um, doodles, for example.
1: But yeah, there's always going to um, be notes like that that are not, that they're either too timely or not really relevant. I mean, there's stuff that I've written that I have no idea what I wrote. I'm going, mm. this this could be a diagram of a burger or it could be a shopping list. I don't know. What was I doing at the time? Was I on drugs?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that's inevitable as well. Um, I think we've done this before. We've done some of the dives. Quite, quite a lot yeah. of stuff from quizzes ends up in my notebook. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and there's stuff like when that. When I look yeah, back
1: at it, oh, dear. What have I got here? <laughs> A list of men's surnames from cricket in 1993.
0: Well, yeah, I've got yeah, I've got Mobo, followed by WMD, <laughs> followed by WIBF, followed by CFCs. This was obviously some sort of acronyms round. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure retaining any of that is is going to be important. But I know what you mean. I, I I suppose there's um there's some merit just in the in the thought process. Yeah. uh and there would be uh i think if you're interested in stationery generally then you've got this whatever this disease is that we have this <laughs> desire to um to sort of retain and index and organize and yeah um is there that's i think you know everybody that that likes stationery does that you never see people like us going out and buying one fine liner. you go out and buy 10 fineliners with of, of different colors that all look yeah. the same. And then you put them in order and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think there is something to that, but I'm, I'm not sure that actually there would be anything in it for me to make that digital, um, sort of repository.
1: Investment of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I would end up, it would be an exercise for the exercises sake. I would never look, <laughs> yeah. never look at that data again because I've done it once or twice before when I've moved from, uh, you know, pre, pre my sort of, uh, return to the analog, then Station, uh, you know, I was in, e- yeah, I was in Evernote at one stage and moved everything to, uh, somewhere else and then from somewhere else to somewhere else to somewhere, you know, I was shipping these huge amounts of meaningless <laughs> data about, um, <laughs> until I sort of finally said, okay, let me review what of this I need to keep. And it was a bit like going through. Um, all my paper notebooks here. What the hell is yeah. that all about? You know, what's, uh, you know, why have I kept a copy of this document that, you know, was probably irrelevant 20 minutes well, after yeah. I copied it. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. I it's mean, part the, of a larger that, conversation. I think about, I mean, data is such a big talking point at the minute. Your personal data, your own, you know, uh, your own rights as to regards to what you can, can't do with your data or what other people can and can do with your data. Mm-hmm. And, the conversation I don't think very many people are having is what you do with your own data. Like companies will try and use it and market and do all that kind of somewhat nefarious things. But like, do you need every single to do list that you've made in the last decade? No, you've probably yeah. either ticked them off or ignored them. But it's still data, and it's still something that you will create and generate. And you know, data is one of those weird ones where it's it's almost an exponential curve. In that the longer you do this, the more devices you have, the more things you engage with the more stuff you're creating. And if 99.9% of it is garbage, then you need to have a system for filtering it out because if you back it up, that's not sustainable. Backblaze may well say we'll back up everything for you, but if you come to them with 14 terabytes of receipts and go, uh, yeah, that's just extra that this week, thanks, there will come a point where they go, well, hold on a second, Stu. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, I think at the moment they're relying on the fact that, you know, 99% of their users use, you know, a couple of megabytes here and there. Um, (laughs) and and then there are people like me who have massive drives attached to their computers and back everything up. But, um, the, the, the one that gets me is, um, is how we've come to take grant, take for granted all of our data and Mm. photos particularly. So everybody now takes, you know, more photos in an hour than than our parents used to take in a year, yeah. And, easily, and they, you know, and they get sort of just stuck into your uh, photos library of choice. You know, where, where mine's photos because I use an Apple thingy. Um, lots of people use Google Photos, and they're doubtless selling all of your photos to everybody else. I, God knows what they're doing with them, but um. My library, I looked the other day when I was having all these problems. And My my library is about twelve and a half thousand photos for, I think that's the last four years or so. Um, and I realised that there are photos that I took before that that at some point in my sort of housekeeping uh exercise, I just went, "Oh, I don't need those," and that and they've gone. You know, I've deleted them or thrown them into a bin or perhaps they're still on some. Know Flickr site somewhere or photo yeah, bucket,
1: holding bucket,
0: and me being me, that they'll be on a they'll be on a hard disk here somewhere. <laughs> they just need to find it. Um, but we've become so so sort of casual about it. I mean, your parents and my parents treasured all the photos that they had, and even if they weren't in a in a in a an album then they would be very carefully kept in those funny little envelopes that you used to get back from the camera shop inside yeah. a plastic bag, inside a shoebox um, and sort of preserved forever. Um, and I think we tend to just think, okay, well, all my photos are there. Wherever there is the photos app. Yeah, there is no cloud, um, it's
1: just someone else's computer. Yeah, and
0: we, you know, we never, uh, or, you know, I know a lot of people, myself included, who seldom edit and go through and say, Oh, of these 40 photographs, two are worth keeping. And so the really important things, the really important photos, the photos of life events or of, of people, um, that, that we care about just sort of get lost in this huge swamp mm. of data. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as all the, 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 adverts that you hear on podcasts say, you know, <laughs> people don't have photos up around their houses anymore. Because yeah. you know, everybody's got them on their devices, um, and that's a bit of a shame, really. That's you know, all this data that we have to hand, and we we don't
1: make the best use of it. It's weird. All this data, not a not a drop to look up. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Not not a drop to
1: drink. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm quite happy to give it to Google to sell really. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're going to sell it to someone, and my face will be the the stock photo for an Indonesian hair shampoo company or something. Mm-hmm. But just on the topic of photographs, we had our engagement shoot last weekend. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. The engagement shoot for the engagement that happened over a year ago because we are nothing if not timely. Um, They're fixing it in post. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're going to de-age me. (laughs) They're going to do a deep fake on me for young me. you and De Niro. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we did that, which was great fun. We went up to the Fogan Transport Museum. Uh, and we met i this is the first time i'd met the photographers meg had already spoken to them before um and it was a it's a couple and they were wonderful they were lovely they're really really friendly they're really really good um and it was an odd experience i typically am on the other side of the camera and i wouldn't say i'm uncomfortable because i know what they're expecting i know what they want because i've been that side of the camera going would you ever just not look as if i'm like forcing you to be here by armed guard mm-hmm. they want you to be relaxed And so I can kind of go, okay, well, just, just relax and do, you know, I know vaguely what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm not horrendously awkward, but at the same time, it's not a comfortable position for me to be in, in front of the camera because I'm not used to it in terms of like, I've filmed myself. I've been in videos where I'm, you know, some part of the production team, but having someone else doing a thing and me being there is unusual. Um, so it was an experience, but yeah, we're going to get those photos back in a couple of weeks, I think. Um. And I'd be very excited to see them and then to see what we do with them because we've, we, we have one or two photos printed in the house, but these are maybe like holiday snaps and they're on you know, older phones. So they're not necessarily as good. And you're right, mm-hmm. like in the last four or five years, we've never really printed a photo. And so having professional photos, and I think wedding fo- photos are probably the exception there because you've you're somewhat obligated by the price tag that you pay to get them made that you mm-hmm. will at least get one printed and put up, if not you know for anything else to say look this is what i paid all that money for so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what we do when we get those photos back cuz they must have taken over 100 hundred, two hundred, 200 maybe i don't i don't know it's hard to tell um of that i'd say 40 or 50 nice ones maybe again hard to say but we're going to get those back and having never done this before having been on the other side every time of the time it'll be an interesting uh experience i think and i'll, I'll if there's a nice one I'll maybe share it with with Slack and you can see.
0: Fab. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of nice ones. But...
1: There was a fair few times they were like, just just do this. And we did it. They were like, oh, no, we're not going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there was a moment you just did that, that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, you're just bad at this. just turns out you're just bad. Some people are good. Some people are bad. You're in the second category. Um, we were standing along this really beautiful like tree-covered wand, like pathway. And Megan and I were very close holding hands and sort of like heads, foreheads touching. It was extremely romantic. And we were we were just enjoying it because it was nice and we're not too awkward around other people. So it was like, okay, this is fine. And they were like, So I want you to to lift Meg from the waist and I want Meg, I want you to throw your, your leg back as if you know, some sort of really romantic movie pose moment. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we did that. And then the photographer almost fell over laughing. I thought, well, that's a good shoot. That, that, that's a good photo. That's going to come out well. And she showed us, and it looks like I'm trying to shot put Megan. It looks like I'm trying to pick her up and hurl her from me bodily. Um, and that was just the, the preview in the back of the camera. Lord knows what happens when they put that into Lightroom and, and perk it up and tweak it up. So, yeah. You
0: can imagine the conversation. <laughs> is, is, is he trying to kill her? No, 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 that... That's when we said, "Be it's an romantic." Expression of love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see what we can do with the light here.
1: It's a big, big light shine right in front of the faces, so we can't quite tell what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I don't know. I mean, the whole sort of uh, reten- retention, I suppose it is, isn't it? Retention mm. of whatever it is—data, pictures. Um, I, I look at a lot of this stuff that I have in all forms. I look at it and go, actually, does that matter? I mean, if you take some of the classic ones that everybody listening to this podcast will be aware of, certainly anybody from my age group somewhere has got a file full of bank statements. Why? I, mean,
1: I have a file full of bank statements. I'm not, not that young. What for? <laughs> I don't know. I don't what are want you going to do with them, them? In case someone yells at me. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and it was, it was only a couple of years ago that I started looking at all these things. Okay. Do I care what was in my bank account four years ago or, you know, what was spent or no? I mean, okay. There's, you know, tax stuff. So you have certain things obligations, but certainly my mum, uh, you know, when, when she moved back from Cyprus, I mean, she had sort of 45, 50 years worth of bank statements. Um, and you know, they're all very scrupulously kept and all perfect record keeping. And, and I just look at all this stuff I've got in you know, electronic versions and I look at it and I go, Phew, what's this for? I mean, who am I going to give it to?
1: <laughs> I can just imagine if I decided to like burn them all or shred them all, I'd be standing there going, mm, and someone would go, hey! oh, i did that. Hey! <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> And I would again, whip my head around in fear. <laughs>
0: I, I, it's a, it must be a British thing as well, but you know, gas bills. Here's, here's my gas bill from 1987.
1: What? Here's my gas well, bill. Where have you kept Don't that? Live in that country well, like,
0: anymore. You should see what it looks like next to my phone bill. You've kept your phone bill? You know, it's, it's amazing the amount of <laughs> nonsense that we keep. And I, in many ways, the whole digital thing made it easier. Mm. Um, and again, I, I blame Google because they came up with that button on email called archive. (laughs) I put it uh, away and I'll ignore it. Yeah. Archive is just don't make a decision on this. Just press archive.
1: (laughs) We will then mine all of,
0: we will mine that email for all the data in it to work out your life expectancy and get your insurance premiums raised or whatever nefarious thing it is they're doing. But, um, as a consequence, you know I get emails and here's your PayPal receipt for this. Oh, archive, might need that. What for in a junk k- carryology, you know our pick for the best everyday carry rucksack is blah blah blah. Archive, I want. Don't want to miss that. <laughs> at, at what point am I going to go back and go, oh look, thank God for that. Here's 174 newsletters from carryology. <laughs> but, but because the archives button is there and delete seems so serious, as if Google ever delete anything anyway. But he, I, I'm sure it's not just me who goes, Oh no, oh, well, I might, yeah, hmm, archive. Instead of going, Nope, I've read this. It is no further use to me. In the bin. And so, Bye. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure like many people who, who listen to this, you know, I, I I'm a member of Penalict, um, uh, Panadic website, so I get you know newsletter A, B, and C. I mean, when when Brad stopped doing the re- the retail for Knock, he seemed to. Uh, I I blame Sean Blanc, but he immediately upped the amount of mail shots he does. So I get like three or four or five a week now from from addict. and I think they're all different things. Uh And well, you know, I'm interested in them, but again, you know, I'm archiving them. You know, just Brad's email. It's probably costing backblaze you know hundreds of dollars to buy the server space to keep all this stuff and uh that's i think the risk of um backing things up is that you can get to a stage where it just becomes easy to go back it up 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 for no real purpose it's not a we, decision
1: it's a non decision
0: yeah you become unthinking about it all. And then, if there is something you do want to find, you've got to trawl through 35,000 other things to get to it. (laughs) Mm. Dear, oh dear. Well, I've been Stu Lennon.
1: And I've been T.J. Cosgrove. Back this episode up. It's been 1857. That's not how we end it. (laughs) Remember, to make the past the present in the future. This was 1857
0: brought to you by Backplays.
1: <laughs> yeah at me let's get a sponsorship deal <laughs>